This is Within and Between, a podcast about the methods and meta-science behind developmental science. Hi, it's Jessica Logan. And it's Sarah Hart. And welcome back to an episode of Within and Between. Hi, Jess. Hi, Sarah. How are you How doing? How goes it? Ah, I beat you to it. <laughs> Fine. Uh, 2022 is off to an anxiety-provoking start, to be totally honest. Oh. <laughs> I'm good, too. Thank you for asking. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, 2022, we just got to be honest, I think. It is 20. Yeah, it is the yeah. I just you're right. Turns out I don't have words for it. It's just it is 2022. Mm, mm, it is. Uh, and at the beginning, the first thing that I have to do every year um, since entering the faculty uh, job. Yeah, I was trying to think of a nice <laughs> clever word instead of saying job, but job. Mm-hmm. The faculty job is the annual review. Yes, like you, my department in January, it's annual review time. I actually thought most departments were kind of the beginning of the year, you do your annual review, but we just spoke with a colleague recently who said that uh, theirs is in uh, the fall, in October or something like that, yeah. which was the first that I'd heard of that. I think a lot, many places, at least two out of two on this recording, <laughs> um, do their annual faculty <laughs> annual reviews in January. Because 100% inter-rater reliability. Yeah, there you go. It's perfect. Um, what's so like bananas about faculty annual reviews is, you know, we live and die on the academic year. Yet our, yes. our annual reviews are based on the calendar year. It is very strange. However, oh, mm-hmm. I do like it for some reasons. Do you? I do. And I the only reason I like it is because I am absolutely terrible with keeping track of what I do. Oh, okay. I am so bad at it. But anything that has the number 2021 on it goes in my 2021 annual review. I do do a, like a control F of my CV and look for 2021. <laughs> I do do that because I'm pretty good, right? Like my, we've talked about this before, like my celebration, if anything happens to me, although I'm getting worse with it, is to like immediately put it into my CV. That's the only way I can remember things is mm. immediately enter things into my CV. So then I do, mm-hmm. yeah, like a control F for 2021. Oh, uh, yeah. Which does that is the only thing that makes it easier. Um, everything else about it is really strange particularly your first year i remember my first year i was like i've been on the market i've I've been in this job for two months i want to know what i've done every year we have that conversation like this is a first year assistant professor you know (laughs) don't forget (laughs) there's not a lot on here (laughs) they are still unpacking boxes yeah (laughs) (laughs) unquestionably (laughs) all right so let's start off then by talking about the purpose like why why do we have to do this every year what is the point? Um, I don't know. What is the point, Jess? <laughs> well, I did spend some time sort of digging through the programs and policies at my university to try to get some language around this. So oh, okay. I'll just go ahead and read that to you. Yes. So you can... <clears throat> mm. <clears throat> yes. <clears throat> Let me get my NPR voice on. Yes. Annual reviews of faculty serve to monitor progress toward tenure, promotion, reappointment, and ongoing outcomes. Actually, I think I put on the like plain voice or something. I don't know what voice that is. 
but I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with it. Yeah, I like it. All right, so we're we're doing an annual review to monitor progress, just to catch you up. <laughs> uh, written performance reviews serve to assist faculty in improving professional productivity, establish goals against which faculty performance will be assessed, determine salary increases and other resource allocations, define progress toward reappointment and or promotion, and in the event of poor performance, establish and explain the need for remedial steps. Yeah, so the idea is they're monitoring if you are not at your final level, promotional level yet. They're, it's a mm-hmm. way to monitor your progress towards promotion and also to have an index for which um, uh, like raises are given out. And then if if, you know something's not going right for that faculty member establish as you as ohio state says it establish remedial steps but really for them mm-hmm. to it's to establish kind of like an hr process like you know have it on formal record the, yeah know, we've been telling this person that they need yeah, to do these things actually teach a class or they need to uh submit a grant whatever it is that they that the tenure committee thinks you need to do in order to meet the needs or meet the guidelines they let you know in a written document mm-hmm. so that you can then uh, – so that they can then – well, twofold. They use it in a couple of ways, which is not actually the point of this. Eventually, we'll, we'll get to the point of that. But you can use it in a couple of ways as, a, as a, an employee, which is to be able to say, hey, last time you told me to write a grant. Look, this year I wrote a grant. Mm-hmm. So you put that in sort of part of the explanation of what you're doing and why. And then I guess on the other side, it's probably so that you can say – we told you to write a grant. Here it is in writing. We told you again to write a grant. Here it is in writing. You still never wrote a grant. So you didn't make the make the cut or make the expectation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Or we told you to write a grant and you did. And now there's a written documentation of it. Good work. <laughs> to, to get a little more positive on the positive side. So you're, I mean, you're a universe, I would, I never looked up Ohio State, uh, sorry, Florida State, where am I? Uh, Florida <laughs> States, uh, but I bet you ours reads pretty similar to that. And and in effect, it's used pretty similarly as well. Um, kind of the major reason, the major purpose for our annual review is, yeah, HR, you know, Florida State's HR wants an annual review of employees every year, and that includes faculty. And mm-hmm. so they want us in the end to have a, a really what turns out to be just like a checkbox in our three areas of effort, or, you know, tenure earning faculty like us, right? Ha- we have to have, um, we have effort in service, effort in teaching and effort in research, right? So we get at our, at, through our annual review process, we get a classification of one over five different classifications of you know, are you in service, teaching, and research? Are you substantially exceeding FSU's high expectations, exceeding FSU's high expectations, meeting FSU's high expectations, or two bad ones that get you in trouble if you hit either of those? The average or where you're supposed to start is meeting FSU's high expectations. And then if you're doing really well, then you can get the two higher categories. So you get like a tick and the the matrix uh, of your three oh, areas oh, oh, oh. of effort and what, you know, where your your HR ranking is. So your annual review kind of gets you to be able to get that, like, three check marks. <laughs> One in each of those three categories? Yes, yes. Gotcha. So with, with do you get one check mark for research? 
Yes. Like one, it's like you get a score like one, two, three, four, or five, something like that. Mm -hmm. Okay, gotcha. And one for teaching and one for service. Yep. And Mm -hmm. so that, our annual review process gets us to there so that the chair can have that as a piece of paper that goes up the university for evaluation, that an evaluation Mm -hmm. was conducted. And then equally, so that, you know, that's just some sort of, that's HR stuff. But we also have to have, in the chance that we have merit raises, we have to be ranked by merit in our department. And every faculty member in our department has to be ranked, numerically ranked. Mm, wait, like like you are better than your person next door? Like ranked like that? Or yes, just like we you get a rank of three? We literally get a ranking in order <gasps> of faculty. Yeah. Like you're the best, you're the second best, you're the third best? Yes. Shut up. Like valedictorian style? Yes, but you don't <gasps> know it. And we could talk about the process after soon. But yeah, you don't – Not most people in our department don't actually know the numeric rankings. But they exist because that is how merit raises are given out. And they have oh to know the God. rankings. So – that probably our annual review for for most people that's kind of the key part if we if the union successfully negotiates for merit raises then the following fall after we do this ranking in the spring the following fall we would get merit raises based on that ranking mm. uh, and then yes if you're prior to your final promotional level uh, which for us would be going you know to full professor then that also serves as your annual review towards promotion. So how does that – okay, wait. No, no, no. We're not going to do that yet. No. Because okay. I have questions about how that works. Yeah. But we'll get that to when I get to what does it look like, which is a section title later on. Spoiler alert. <laughs> but so in this – so I, I like to think about it here. So I, I also have to do a research teaching and service. Okay. But our research teaching and service, we have – there's there's multiple criterion within each of those. So within research, I have six criterion, and each one of those is defined by a rubric. Oh. And each one of the six criterion has, like, all the points on the rubric, and then you have to sort of rate rate yourself on that rubric for each of the criterion within research, teaching, and service. So it's not just – you end up with one number eventually, but yeah. you have to give yourself rankings. And they also will give you rankings and things um, on all of the different aspects of it. So it's not just research, did you do good or not? We'll get research, here are the five or six criteria. One of them is how many papers did you write? Are they in good journals? Do you have citations? Are you publishing with students? Um, I'm trying to remember them off. Are you submitting grants? So they're – I can't remember all of them off the top of my head, but there's a bunch of them that are very clearly laid out and it's really, it's amazingly detailed how, how they've sort of thought through the anchor points for each one of those things. So it's like, are you writing, do you have at least like meeting expectations is that you have published and then exceeding expectations is that you have, or like really high exceeding expectations is like you have published more than four papers, okay. something like that. So they actually even put numbers on it this year. Wow. Um, which is pretty cool. Makes it a little bit easier to sort of figure out where you where you would rate yourself in a rubric. Well, I guess it should be taking a little bit of the bias out of the system. Yeah. I think that's the idea is to put put some less subjective 
mm-hmm. criterion down rather than just you're you're good, you're not good. Yeah, our process we we like to swing towards the a hundred percent subjective. So <laughs> we have a real we have a real contrasting situation that we can talk through here today. <laughs> <laughs> nothing, nothing like a good old completely subjective, no rubric, no anchors, no just like five, four, three, two, one. You get one of those scores. The end. Yes. Yeah. Well, I guess, okay, let's talk about what do you put together for your annual review? Okay. Yes. Good point. All right. So let's talk about what what goes into it. So for for me, they give us a um, set of instructions. Mm-hmm. Um, and and they as your department, right? That's my a department, department level yes. thing. Okay. It's a department level thing, but some of it is influenced by, so it, it goes up. I'm miming, but you can't tell. So okay. you've got department things, and then you also have college things, and then there's also university things. So okay. they're sort of all all together. So the first thing I have to put in is the, uh, the, it's called the summary of past accomplishments, reflection on past goals, and setting goals for next year document. Oh. So this is That's the- That's a real kind of pithy title. It's pithy, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> If this is the narrative that will accompany all okay. the numbers. So it's like, um, that's where I would write something like, last year you told me to submit a grant, and this year I submitted a grant. So I'm reflecting on what I've been told to do before and explaining how I have met that goal, or if I have not met that goal, why I haven't met that goal. How long is that document for you normally? So that document for me, I actually have it up on my computer right now, but I think it's about six pages long. <sighs> okay. Annual review. It is no, it's ten pages long. Okay, but you have you write fresh every you know you keep the goals from the previous year and they get weaved in. The structure stays in. the same, but that's you're writing a ten page document in January. Uh, that's the first ten page document. Oh, you're I'm right. in January. Okay, there's yeah. number one. Okay, and that's number one. <laughs> so that's the first thing, and uh, it. It helps re- the people who are reading it, I think, to sort of put those numbers in context and understand what what kinds of things that we do. It's a pretty big department. We go, you know, run the gamut of lots of different areas. So I think you have to sort of write it with the idea of somebody who's reviewing this is a qualitative researcher in an area that has nothing to do with education or developmental science. So they really don't know anything that's that's here. Okay. Um, so there's that. The next thing is two different versions of student evaluations of instruction. The first one is the cumulative. So that's like every time I've ever been rated, just the average scores across every oh, wow. class I've ever they calculate taught. that. Okay. Mm-hmm. There's that one. And then the next one is specific individual student evaluations of instruction just from this past calendar year, including all comments that students submitted. Oh, wow. So that's the next one. That one's relatively easy. So they generate a report so we can just pull it down. So PDF, submit it. That's not a big deal. Um, and then the next one is, it's a the completed annual review template and self-evaluation. So this is the rubric okay. that I mentioned. Um, it is an Excel document with five tabs. Uh, tab one is all instructions. And then I have a tab for um, the teaching and then research and then service. And so in each one of those tabs, there's multiple, multiple points that you have to rate yourself on. 
And then you end up summing it up into one final document. So it's not just write it, but it's write it and then back it up. So you have to say, I rate myself as a four or as a three in this category because I did X, Y, Z. Okay. And here's the evidence. If you look at my CV, you'll see that here's the paper that came out on this topic. Here's where I published with students. So you have to provide evidence for each one of these ratings. So that that takes a while to do. But yeah. it also takes a while, I think, because I, I want to do a good job of it. Mm-hmm. I think maybe I could do it faster if I cared less. <laughs> 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 but I keep going, guys, no, look, I really did this. Do they use these the documents? DLI. Do they the, these the, the your documents then form the, the like when your promotion and tenure committee gets together and decides like who's going up for for promotion and tenure every year? They use these documents. You don't do another set of documents. Oh no, we do another set of documents for oh, that okay. too. Okay. So, but it's very similar. So I think a lot of this will transfer over. Okay. Um, but then. But they do use it for those reasons we discussed earlier. So it's all about. Uh, yeah, you know, determining whether you're making adequate progress, and then also um, your raises if you can get one. Mm-hmm. I don't. Maybe they rank us. I don't actually know. Okay, that is not a thing that they've told us. But anything is possible. Yeah. Now I want to know. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably bad. I don't want to know. I don't want to know. I don't want to know. I'm too competitive. I wouldn't want to know my ranking. <laughs> that wouldn't go well. okay wait so what else do i have left so that's the big excel rubric um then if you have a peer review of teaching so i have to as an assistant professor have someone come and evaluate my teaching every year in person they come to my class they observe um they interview the students they write a letter okay about how well or not well it's going um so that gets submitted and then i can upload other materials so the other materials that i'll put in is like my vita which you'll notice I have not had to put in so far. Yeah. Um, I also, I poll my students a lot. So I will take a report of those polls and I'll put that in as well. So I ask them things like, in this class, you had 11 homework assignments. Talk to me about whether this was too many homework assignments, not enough homework assignments to reinforce the course objectives. And then I have them rate it. And so then I'll, I submit those with it. Okay. Wow. To give them an idea of like, I'm thinking about this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and taking the feedback. Um, so, okay, those are all of the pieces that come together. So just to give you a, a, a sense of how that goes, I've so I've probably spent four days on it. Wow. Which is which is a lot of time, but also we have no oversight. You know what I mean? Like nobody's checking in to see what we're doing every day. So I see why you have to do it. Because this is the once a year they're checking in to see how everyone's doing. Yeah. Well, so let me that I said that all out of order. So I was thinking about earlier, why do we have to even do an annual review in such detail? Why do they mm-hmm. why doesn't why does this happen? And we're it's because we're not like they who's it's not like we're in an office with a supervisor every day. It's not even like you check in with your supervisor once a week and get your details instructions on what you're supposed to do. They're pretty much left rogue all the time. Yeah. (laughs) But once a year. Well, once a year, you put it all down. And so uh so it's just instead of it's instead of being distributed across the year, it's just all condensed into one time. Yes, it is. Mm Mm-hmm. 
Well, I'll give you an idea of what we have to do. Yes, would you? So ours is um, our 20. So this year, will that this, this annual review will be my 2021 CV. Yes. Wait, what? <laughs> yeah. Wait, is that literally it? Yes. No. And okay, no, it's not literally. I lied. It is also <laughs> then our last year's student ratings. What? And we don't, we're not allowed, um, narrative student ratings are not used at anything, for anything at FSU. So it's just the numbers. Wow. Pulled from the system. That's it. Wow. So the, oh my gosh. Now they do want our CV, the 2021, the annual, that like specific year CV to be pulled from FSU's beautiful CV system, mm. uh, which is where, you know, you need to recreate your CV into some online yeah. system where they're trying to make a single format CV work for everybody at a university that has wide ranging types of scholarship and, and the like. Um, so that's a clunky process to say the least. So that's yeah. my, that, that's my like, you know, in January when I'm watching TV at night, I'm like filling in the online CV situation and I'll do that <sighs> for, you know, a few nights before my annual review is done. But otherwise, no, I just export out 2021. That's it. Wow. But talk about opposite ends of the spectrum. Yes. <laughs> How funny. And so and then in like it, every possible way. I know. <laughs> so there's no no rubric, no reflection. Um, there is, you know, some people I do put some notes of things that are not reflected on my CV of things that I've done. So I usually, you know, CVs don't really reflect like how many reviews you've done in a year or if yeah. I've written like promotion letters for external universities. Like that's not on my CV. So like all what people put in some notes of like these extra stuff that nobody that you wouldn't see on a CV. So I'll make a note. Mm-hmm. That's like maybe like two or three extra bullet points um, at the end of my CV. But that's it. <laughs> see, now I understand why you don't care about that Publons however you say it thing oh to keep track because i don't have to keep track of anything because you don't have to keep track whereas they ask me to tell them not only every review i've done but specifically whether i'm on the editorial board or not on the editorial board whether and like for each journal so i have to like do a cumulative but then also for each journal how many times did you review for the journal yeah. So no, like no. that is key. I couldn't do it without without this online tracker. I would just make stuff up probably at the end of the year if I didn't have this thing that told me or go back through my emails painstakingly, which would be awful. Yeah. No, no. We have none of that. N- none of that. Nope. Oh, that's so interesting. So I can see, I mean, the to- there's such advantages of that, which is like it takes you almost no time at all to be ready to have this conversation. Do you have a conversation later? Like, do you meet with your chair and with your... Yeah, so let's do That's what I was going to ask you. So let's talk about then after you've created this. So you have this okay. long, this big package that you all put together. What do you do with that package? What are yeah, the next for me, steps with it? The next steps are we we now have a, a an online folder. So we just okay. upla- upload stuff to an online folder. It used to be a box folder and now it's a Dropbox. Then it was a, I don't know, it's one of those online folder sharing things. So we put it all in a folder and then it's reviewed by the tenure committee. And then at some point in the next, sometime before like March, we'll have a meeting with the, some of the folks on the tenure committee and the department chair to talk about how it's going, what they saw, and they'll give us our, our ratings that the tenure committee has rated us in. Okay. 
I, I did a really bad job of explaining that. No, no, I got it. But this That's is just cool. a tenure and promotion committee does this. Uh, or do you have a separate like faculty evaluation committee that's doing this? I don't know. Oh, okay. I probably should know that. Yeah. You haven't had to that's know because really the tenure committee does it for you. I I'm the last several ones that I had were with the head of the tenure committee, and that could have just been a coincidence but i don't think that it was and maybe that's just because i'm an assistant professor that it's like that yeah um boy we're doing a really good job of passing out golden information here (laughs) (laughs) well why i ask is that is we have a specialty committee to handle this and this committee Uh is incredibly powerful but rarely used it's a bizarre committee um i served on it for two cycles and it was it is an intense amount of work uh but it has you know it is an important job um well no okay i take it back first step for us so you get the uploaded into this folder and a yeah. committee meets and makes a final decision about on, your ratings on yeah. research teaching and service and then they and meet then writes you. you a letter okay. about about what that is it's about a page long that explains we rated you as this because of this as this because of this and this because of this keep up the good work or try to improve this see you next year okay and you meet with your chair as you just meet with the chair that meant that committee or you meet the ch- your your department chair department chair review okay department chair and that's where you see the letter in the final rubric rankings yes okay so ours we have a few extra steps um ours we upload it yeah it goes into our like our we have a intranet uh as a department and so ours goes into this intranet because we self rate each other Wait, There's like peer ratings. Rate? I use the wrong You're... words. Peer rate. We do peer ratings. Oh my gosh. What? Well, technically I rate myself as well. So it used to be for like half my faculty time at FSU and the psychology department of FSU, um, we would uh, rate everybody. All faculty would rate other faculty. And so uh-huh. you would have access to their calendar year CV and their teaching ratings. And you would give them a score on that five-point FSU metric, you know, exceeds, substantially exceeds, exceeds, meets, and then the two poor ones. Um, You give them a ranking. Really doesn't meet. Yeah. Yeah. You give them a ranking for teaching, service, and research. Every faculty member. Oh, my gosh. We realized at some point that we were becoming too big to do every single faculty member. And it was getting harder to do everybody and outside the area. So now what Mm. we've done to trim down the work a little bit Because what we were realizing is, guess when you, well, okay, no. So now to trim down the work a little bit, Mm -hmm. you do everyone within your own area. So areas do each other. And then you get randomly assigned five other faculty from the department. Okay. So everybody gets their own area ranking them. And then then I think it's at least three other faculty outside their area rate them Mm -hmm. as well. And then the average of all of those ratings... Uh, is then like spit out and put into a document. Okay. Um, now, one of the reasons why we realized maybe we shouldn't have everybody spend all of these hours rating each other is because you can imagine what people were doing. They were opening up the CVs. And what's a nice, easy way to quickly get information about someone's productivity? Just how many papers they wrote, right? Yes. Yeah. Turns out <laughs> overall ratings were correlated at like, with total number of publications that year. Did you actually do that? Did you do that work? 
Yeah, we have done the analysis. That's so cool. It wasn't that high, but that's one of the reasons why I like that committee. Anyway, so that's what was happening. So they're like, let's reduce the amount of work for every single individual faculty member with the hopes that people wouldn't use those like easy metrics and actually Mm -hmm. like dig into it. But you can imagine it's how still highly correlated total number of publications is to. Interesting. Yeah. It's not even like, I mean, then there's like quality, like people are like determining their own quality and then grants come into it. Normally, if you have a grant that kind of automatically puts you at a pretty high tier in our department because people are using that as an indicator of high research. Anyway, Hmm. so it gets the system, the Internet system that are, you know, our, our web developer created, you know, spits out the average ratings across these three categories. And then we get. Then it goes to a committee called the Faculty Development Committee. Okay. So this is that all-powerful committee that meets and gets all the raw data. So you get the raw data from ratings from within area faculty, overall ratings of a faculty. You get ratings based on – we have our effort commitment per research, service, and teaching. And so uh you get ratings based on – their raw score multiplied by how much effort they have in each area. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you get ratings without that metric. So it's all kinds of math has been done. And all of them have just lists of names and different and what their ranking is from one to like 45. Oh <sighs> <laughs> and so that F- the F- FTC, the Faculty Development Committee, is uh, you have to have tenure to be on the committee and it's a two year, every area in our department has one representative on that committee. Oh and so gosh. then there's five areas. So then the five FTC members get together in February and they get, they've had that raw data for a few weeks. Each person then determines if they think that the data from the department represents what's actually happening in that faculty member's life or life, <laughs> their whole life. Yeah. No. Work life, work life. Yeah, work life. Uh, okay. So they Boundaries. relook at cert. They relook at um, the CVs. They re determine make determinations. Often, the only determinations that the FTC does is up, uh, rank up somebody who gives a lot of service lo- who has done a lot of service to the department, mm-hmm. which is not normally reflected in the peer ratings because it's just counting publications for the most part. And so then we kind of uprate somebody based on service, high service loads. But otherwise, this this meeting, this <clears throat> committee gets together and it's like a five-hour meeting and you sit there and you talk through every single faculty member. You talk about their year and you talk about their ratings, their ratings within the FSU rubric, and then their overall ranking and where wow. they belong in the ranking. Holy crap. <laughs> and that then, is so fascinating. Oh, wait, keep going, keep going. Yeah, and then we write a short paragraph for everyone that's at full professor. So that uh-huh. that meeting also, the FDC gets split up every full professor because I, the every full, prof- this meeting, or sorry, this this committee, remember, has nothing to do with promotion and tenure. This committee is only right. for this annual review process. So anyone who's already a full professor has no promotion and tenure committee feedback, right? They're outside of that. They're already at full full promotion. Right. So this committee then writes the like narrative for that professor's annual mm-hmm. review that, that the chair will then present in the meeting. Otherwise, the narrative of that person's year comes from their mentor committee that's part of the, the uh, 
the mentor committee is outside of this FDC committee and the mentor committee is working at the same time and meeting with each person who is not already at full promotion level to talk about their annual review. Wait, 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 what's a mentor committee? You mean like a tenure committee or a ment- is a mentor committee something we else? We call it a mentor committee, but yeah, like your tenure committee, you have, you you know, there are three people, three uh, professors who like keep track of our assistant professors. Is it three? Three? Wait. Okay. This yeah, is also they're a mentor committee. They're not not the promotion and tenure committee. They are a mentor committee. But they are the same three people for everybody. No, every person has their own three pe- three faculty <gasps> mentor committee. That's so cool. So we've really kind of we've deli- divorced, I guess, promotion and tenure from this faculty rating system, the annual review wow. system. So the FDC is involved with giving then, you know, and so then the FDC after this like five hour meeting, if not longer, um, gives everything to the chair and the chair uses that for the annual review meetings. But yeah, like, I mean, it's awkward. Like, because don't forget, there's five faculty meeting members on the FDC. So we can see, you have to our, review yours, we can right? see our ratings and then you literally just have to get up and leave the room and the other four talk about you. Oh, my God. (laughs) I think it's wildly fascinating. I love it. I love the the ability to kind of, like, correct some stuff that's happening with biases in the peer rating system and to talk about that and to talk about issues, kind of broader issues. But there are some people on that committee that find it horrifying are incredibly just uncomfortable about the whole process. Oh my god. Um, Wait, just because they are they know that they're gonna be rated in a minute or just Yeah, and they can see their rating. They've already seen all the raw data. Holy shit. Oh my god. So, you know, you know And so that that so that really draws attention to the purpose of the narrative that I'm able to say things in my narrative like uh, so one of the things that happens sometimes is because I have so many grants, I'm not teaching as much. I teach about one class a year. Um, and so a lot of times, sort of historically, people have been dinged, for a better word, of of uh, for not teaching enough. Mm-hmm. So they'll be like, sure, you have good SEIs, but you are only teaching one class. Of course you have good SEIs. Of course you're able to publish a lot. You aren't teaching. Do you know what I mean? So that that, that sort of bias can creep in. And so yeah. I'm able to write in my narrative something about how it you know i'm only teaching one class but it's because i have course releases to do this work here's some information about the work i was doing on that project i also was released for this work here is the products from this work uh, so that it's able to to more directly you know draft something where people can see oh that's why that i think is theoretically is supposed to help make those decisions less subjective yeah i guess it, that's pretty subjective still but at least more direct. More direct, yeah. Wow. I'm already thinking about all the different ways I would want to parse that data. Oh, I love it. Oh, you should have seen me. I You like running EFAs on the side? <laughs> I was doing regressions. Yeah. I look at, you know, group differences. I look at by gender um, with rankings. I also yes. then collect my own data because we just get these ratings. So then what I did on the committee is I go through everybody's CV and count publications I would do just kind of a back of the envelope kind of qualitative rating, like one to three, just see if it for the pub where the publications were were uh, oh like the quality yeah just just like real you know loosey goosey but trying to do something 
account uh, grants, PI grants. So I would collect all this data in the CVs and then look to see what the predictors of the rank ratings are. Because I'm just like, this has to be incredibly biased. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's fascinating. I'm thinking, okay, oh my gosh. How cool. So you don't have to write down impact factors? Is that not part of your... Some people do, some people don't. It's not a requirement. No, there's huh. literally no... It's just like give your annual CV. Some people... Like, I, I, I've, I'm like, I know you had a grant. You have an RL1 grant that you don't have in your annual review CV. And they're like, oh, I forgot to put it in. Like, that's like, yeah. a little, you know. <laughs> and then some people give it a little bit more work, detail or, or a little bit more detail oriented. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah. Wow. But don't forget, we have like neuroscience, clinical site, like those areas, like neuroscience journals, right? They publish maybe one to three papers a year. Three is a huge year for a neuroscience faculty member. Mm -hmm. And their impact factors are like over 10. Wow. You know, where that would never. And so then you compare that to clinical psych where their publication rates are just bananas. Yeah. You know, so the like 20 to 60 is like typical for a clinical psych faculty member to have published in a year. But then they also, their impact factors are also higher than developmental. And, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, so (laughs) that's it's really hard to do it across areas, even within a psych department. We're all quite different. So that's why you have one person per area at that FDC committee. But, you know, like, you know, you get to know that this is the case for grant review, too. You know, if your person in your area is not a good advocate, it can have an impact. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's all you can do to be like, no, I know you rated them low, but she has an R01 and it's not here or whatever it is. And yeah, that's, exactly. but you can't you can't you evaluate know, that, right? You have to know this stuff about your colleagues, and you have to speak up for your colleagues. Yeah. Oof. <laughs> so wow. So wow. yeah. So then that goes to our chair, and that's our annual review, and then it just goes up the chain. Gosh, that's fascinating. I now I want to know what data we have. That's 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 what my wheels are spinning over here on. I'm silent because I'm like. Do we have that data? Now I want to know what happens to all of these numbers. I've just entered a whole bunch of numbers into an Excel spreadsheet. Yeah, does That's some like does that, com- does that committee get those numbers? Um, does anybody so. do any? I mean, you guys are <laughs> well. At least your sub area within your department are all like quant people. <laughs> yeah. somebody yeah, by definition, yeah, <laughs> doing something. And maybe your qualitative, you know, colleagues should get in there and take a look, maybe at what like is qualitatively said with the the narratives and if that might matter with the ranking. That's fascinating. Wow. Hmm. I well, I'm completely blown away. Um I need to learn more about my process. I should go find somebody to talk to and figure out what they do behind the scenes. I get the sense that they sort of read it and discuss it and then put down numbers. So maybe it's similar. Maybe it's not. I don't well, know. And why I, you know, I am always a proponent, especially when somebody's starting in a new department to get to know these processes, to ask these mm-hmm. questions, to figure it out. And sometimes it's hard. It's opaque or purposely opaque that you can't know what's in the committee. But mm-hmm. like what's striking to me when I served on the FDC committee, when I first started to serve on the FDC committee, is that FDC committee has a full power to 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 wipe out all peer all the peer evaluations. We can completely reorder however we want to. And we are the final oversight. Well, I'm sorry, the chair technically has the final oversight, not for the ratings, not for the rankings, sorry, but for the ratings, sure. the chair has a final oversight. But huh. like we could do whatever we wanted as a committee. And so then I was like, then why are we going through all this peer review process? Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, that's really interesting. You know, do we think it's worthwhile to make all of our faculty spend the time to do the peer review? How many faculty are you talking about? I mean, I know you said it's just your area and then. Yeah, so our area, there are um, six core faculty and then you get randomly assigned another five. Yeah, okay. So, but, and does that include anybody who's cross-listed in your department? (laughs) Cross-listed? No, it is your primary, yeah, your Your primary primary affiliation. Okay, that makes sense. Interesting. Yeah, I was thinking about that within my whole department, it's like 135 faculty. So that wouldn't be it's no. so many people. Yeah, we have like 45 or so. Yeah. Goodness gracious. Ugh. wow. Oh, my gosh. Data is so cool. <laughs> I'm such a data nerd. So um, let me ask you this. What happens? Do your do you have faculty that are like um, you have adjunct faculty or clinical faculty, do they go through the same process or do they have a different process? We do. Yeah, they go through the same process, but they theirs is a parallel process. So the non-tenure mm. earning faculty of our department, so that includes teaching faculty, but also like research only faculty or the like, they all have a separate parallel process. So they do their own peer reviews of each other and they mm. also have represent- representation on the faculty development committee. Mm-hmm. So I said there was five areas, but really there's also the non-tenure track faculty. They have two elected people onto our committee. So those okay. people, all of their scores do come to us. So we get both sets of scores um, and we handle typically the uh, non-tenure earning faculty first, uh-huh. do them. And then those two representatives on the committee leave the meeting and then we do the tenure earning com- uh, faculty after. Okay, Interesting. Yeah, but they had the same. They get their ranking and their ratings, uh, but their ranking is only within their faculty type. So that's so interesting. Okay, so again, with our with our contrasts here, because one of the things that that I'm pressed a lot on, and maybe this happens in your mentorship committee. Like, do you think that within the mentorship committees, they have some sort of similar annual review process, or they look at their vita and sort of talk about here's how you should be changing and improving your progress? Because this is all sort of one thing for me. Yeah, yeah, we have two different systems. So yeah, like the same day, pretty much, we got this email about it's our annual review. Here's your deadlines. The um, another email went out from our chair that were to all the the pre tenure faculty in their mentor committees, laying okay. out the timelines for those as well, and they run in parallel. So the mentor committees get the same materials from the annual review, but they have a full meeting with the candidate and do kind of the narrative stuff. Mm. Okay, um, that makes sense. So maybe there's a narrative that gets written. It's just not. No, I mean it doesn't get this. written. Like it just literally gets said out loud. We have a, an hour long meeting with a pre tenure faculty member, the three mentor committee members, and the pre tenure faculty member, and we have the same. We have to meet kind of before February, and then the chair of the mentor committee writes the letter, mm-hmm. writes an annual letter. Mm-hmm. So that it happens is- for pre tenure faculty, and so then that pre ten that mentor committee letter is what goes in as part of the annual review for that faculty member. Mm-hmm. But they still go through the whole FDC process. So that like becomes part of your packet or something yeah. that exists. Now, but for the for associate professors, there's a real like black hole. You don't have a mentor committee anymore. Um, so the associate professors that according to our bylaws, part of the job of the FDC is to be paying attention to the associate professors. Uh-huh. But 
what's happening, and this is kind of an area that I've noticed and kind of raised some concerns about, is uh, that meeting is already like four or five hours long just to talk yeah. about each individual faculty members and fix the ratings as we think is appropriate. Yeah. We don't. It's hard to then have a discussion about progress towards full. Mm-hmm. Also, you can be on that committee if you have tenure. So you can be an associate professor on that committee. So you can be having discussions about other associate prom- pro- professors and their progress towards full mm-hmm. when you're also an associate professor. So it's all kinds of it, that our process for associates to full is is a it's it's a little bit it, it may need a little tinkering. Yeah, that's really interesting. But we have know, a very I, good process, very effective process for assistant professors to tenure. That's so nice. Well, I've been thinking about, you know, I, I feel very disconnected from it because I'm not, as assistant professor, I'm not eligible to be on any of these committees. So I just mm-hmm. have yeah. not thought about it. And then I'm not in person anymore. And I feel like when we were in person the first couple of years, I had a better sense of who was on what committees because I was literally sitting in a room with people. Do you know what I mean? And they would say like, okay, people who are voting and reviewing full professors will meet after this or something like that. So I sort of had a sense of how that went down, but it's been too long now. And also COVID brain. I just don't – my brain is completely occupied by anxiety at this point. (laughs) (laughs) So I can't can't remember anything from the before Mm -hmm. times. (laughs) Mm -hmm. But, oh, yeah, I don't think I finished my thought earlier. Why I'd recommend usually to junior faculty to get to know these systems is like – you know, if your if that, you know, tenure and promotion committee meets and they look at your documents, but they also do their own full holistic review and it's more their holistic review and they don't really pay attention to those documents, you're at four days worth of effort on those on your documents is likely not worth it. Yes, that's a good point. So that's why it's somewhat useful to, and you know, they they may feel like that's not information they can share. I don't know. People can get weird. Uh, you know, I'm a full like we don't like hidden curriculum things. We have a whole podcast about that, as it turns out. Uh, <laughs> it turns out. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, kind of get like, what is used? You know, how do they use How do they use this? How do they do they do they review every single one for all 150 professors in your department? Yeah, that's a good question. I think so, but I don't. Uh, you don't know. I mean, I see how how much work it takes our committee to do it for the 45 professors in our department. I would be shocked. If they read all 50 pages or whatever you submit for every 150 faculty members in a department. So do they just mm-hmm. not really pay attention to the fulls maybe? And maybe the assistants get the effort. But that kind of, you know, it helps you then gauge where your workload is to start it or where you should be really be care- being careful with your numbers, really being careful with your evidence. And, you know, mm. that's really good advice. <laughs> <laughs> Gather more information. Yeah. figure out what they pay attention to do we have other takeaways from this episode you think i guess this is yeah just like you know get to know the process of your department this stuff it may seem you know the whole time i was on the fdc we never had merit raises we haven't had mm. merit raises in a while so it felt like all of this ring long meeting to rate everybody to rank everybody would seem kind of worthless but you know it is an exceptionally powerful committee. And knowing yeah. that, when you get the random, you know, election link in August, it is important to know who's getting elected to that committee. And as mm. you should be thoughtful about that. And they should understand your area. You know, so kind of knowing how it works, that's why I think, you know, 
it's worthwhile to understand how your department's working, how the systems are working in a department for this type of stuff mm-hmm. um, so that you can, you know, try to be strategic around those. Excellent advice. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Yeah. So happy annual review, I guess, everybody, if you're working on that. This is making me realize that I should probably spend some evenings fixing up my FSU CV so that I can be ready for my annual review. It's making me think that maybe I should not spend all of my evenings working on the rest of mine. (laughs) No, I mean, you will never regret overworking on something. You know, you put in the effort. Well, I guess maybe you could. Cause maybe time, you could. The time, the time lost. Um, it is pretty nice. I will say that it's pretty nice to be able to look back and be like, oh, I did do a lot of things this year. Mm-hmm. That is pretty nice. Yeah. And you, you did only do a get lot to of submit. Things. Yeah, we did a lot of things. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's the other thing that goes in my uh, my extra other optional materials is I have the link to the podcast. Oh, fun. Yeah. <laughs> this is what we do. What else do we do in our spare time? This is what we do. TV and podcasting. (laughs) (laughs) I wouldn't have it any other way. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Until next time, everyone. Thanks for listening to this episode of Within and Between. For information about this and all our episodes, you can visit our website, withinandbetweenpod.com. Connect with us on Twitter, at within underscore between, where you can send us questions about developmental science and developmental sciencing. See you next time. <laughs> <laughs>